0: Welcome to to the the Everglow. Everglow, a survival guide for empaths and highly sensitive people on how to live happy, healthy, and wise. Hosted by yours truly, AB3, an empath, traveler, and sometimes attorney who wants to share his lessons from his own journey around the world and through life, so you can live better and use your gifts to your advantage instead of being burdened by them. For daily updates, subscribe to the podcast and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at N-E-I-L-B-H-A-R-T-I-A. That's at Neil Bartia. And you can visit us online at www.neilbartia.com. So, I'm about to save your life, and yes, you can thank me later. What the hell am I talking about? Other people's problems are not your problem. Now, hear me out before you oversimplify what I'm saying. When I say that other people's problems are not your problem, what I mean is that you shouldn't internalize and absorb the energy of others such that you are taking on the responsibility of somebody's problem as though it's actually your problem. Now the reason this whole conversation came about is because a friend of mine who's an accountant has been stressing out recently. And despite the fact that we're in the whole COVID era where everyone's working from home. And let's face it, a lot of businesses are just on the down low right now, relaxing. And, you know, this whole working from home thing to a lot of people is analogous to analogous to really just uh, chilling out at home in your PJs and watching TV and eating ice cream. My friend who's working from home, instead of working less, like her company told her to, she's actually working even more. Go figure. Now, as she's a CPA, and you've probably heard about the government throwing out trillions of dollars to help, you know, buoy up the economy through small business grants and payroll protection programs, all of these people, all these business owners are scrambling to try to get a piece of the pie. And why not? It's their own money that they paid into the tax system. They should try to get it back. Now, while she should be chilling, all of a sudden, this responsibility has been thrust upon her to try to pick up the pieces and try to get all these loan applications submitted on behalf of all of her clients. Now, remember, she's a CPA, she's not a loan officer, but since the opportunity's presented itself, uh, her company wants her to take charge of it since all of these clients they have, which are businesses, want her and want them, basically, to do these loan submissions for them. Now, it's a shit show, Not because of her company, but because the Congress and these dummies who have thrown everything together so quickly have just basically thrown shit into a fan and everybody's trying really quickly to figure out what's what. And every day, the guidances uh, on how these loans work and who's eligible and how you get them keep changing because if you look at who our politicians are, they don't know their head from their ass. So not surprisingly, they've prematurely launched all these programs in a rush, which I guess they need to, but they did their job properly. They'd actually, you know, give proper guidance. So my friend is busy scrambling, trying to get answers on how to properly submit these loans. Now she's getting pressure from the clients who want these loans, uh, loan applications submitted. And she's going crazy because since everything's shut down and the government's operating on a, or with a skeleton crew, She can't get answers to questions that she has. And frankly, there probably aren't really any answers because these guys are still figuring shit out. And so she's getting really stressed because there's a fixed amount of money and she doesn't want the clients to not get the money that they could possibly get. But she's one person and she's going crazy. And when I talk to her, I'm like, well, I don't understand what you're so worried about. Why are you so frazzled? And of course, she's replying that, well, you know, I don't want the clients not to get the money, and you know, what if I don't get these applications done fast enough, and what if I do them wrong, they're going to get mad, and they're going to lose out on all of this money, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I've looked through these loan applications. They're fairly simple. They take a little while, but they're simple. And interestingly enough, most of the information that one would need, the client itself would he or she would have. You don't need to hire somebody to do it, but so be it, right? But what I didn't understand with her is why she was internalizing the pressure. I get it from the standpoint of you work somewhere, but I don't get it from the standpoint of the fact that it's not your money, number one, that you're applying for, and if the money runs out, it's not you who's not going to get that money to survive. And so these Small businesses that are scrambling to get a piece of the action, I'm not even mad at them, and neither should she, should she, but she also shouldn't put a gun to her head to get all of these things done, because at the end of the day, she can only do what she can do as one person with the limited resources out there to even get answers to her questions in terms of how to submit these applications, not to mention the government system doesn't even work very well, because apparently it even crashed today. So, I had to explain to her that she's driving herself mad for nothing when she should be chilling. You do your work, you do what you can, but don't make other people's problems your problem. If somebody's business is on the verge of failing because of the shutdown and it's about to close, well, that's not your fault. That's not your problem. It's not your fault that the coronavirus hit the US and California had to shut down everything that's going on. That's not your fault because that's what the real cause of the shit show is, isn't it? It's not the fact that she's not getting these loan applications submitted because there's not even a guarantee these people will get the money and who knows when they'll get it. So she, had to, she has to stop burdening herself with results that she can't even control. And so I gave her a great example that I'll share with you. A friend of mine, former friend of mine, His brother is an ER doctor. And you can imagine the stuff that guy sees. And for better or for worse, people probably die every day uh, in his care. Because that's what happens in an ER. And that guy is as cool as a cucumber. And I've met other ER doctors uh, throughout the years over in in China, in my travels, that are from the United States. And uh, anyways, going back to my former friend's brother it was asked of him, you know, how do you sleep at night? How do you not get stressed out or be frazzled when you have patients that die and you see probably extremely horrific things every day? And his answer is pretty tempered. He just said, well, I just look at them and I say, well, I'm glad it's not me. It's not me dying. And on the surface, that sounds kind of cold, doesn't it? You want a doctor to have amazing bedside manner and be sympathetic and empathetic, but he's actually quite right. It doesn't matter because it's not him dying, and he's right. And that's when you're in this kind of profession, you have to adjust your mentality to that. It doesn't mean you don't do your best to save somebody's life or treat them. It doesn't mean you don't do your best job you can do. But you don't absorb or make the other person's problem your problem. And you have to bifurcate the two. And when he would say that, I had to start adopting that in my own practice as an attorney because I would take on everybody's problems. If somebody's home was getting foreclosed, I would treat it as, well, probably worse than if my own home were getting foreclosed, which makes no sense, right? (laughs) Because I I wouldn't let uh, my home go into foreclosure. And I'm just being hired to try to mitigate the situation. And I'd stress myself out. And I'm like, oh, what am I doing? And I've had many cases where I was more anxious and stressed out about somebody losing their home in a foreclosure than the person who actually owned the home, which makes no sense, right? You should never care more about somebody's case or situation than they do themselves. And so I shared that anecdote with my friend, the CPA, uh, the anecdote specifically about the doctor who's an ER doctor, and I explained that, you know, You just have to do your job. It doesn't mean you have to be ruthless and cold hearted. You know, I understand people are under pressure to try to get some cash for their businesses, but it's not your business that's failing. And frankly, if they hadn't saved, if they had more of a cushion and it maybe saved wiser, maybe have been closed for a month, wouldn't put them on the verge of bankruptcy. And again, that's not to point fingers or whatever. This is a once, maybe a once in a lifetime thing where businesses have to close down and people are facing this. But my point was there's no point in you going down with everybody's ship because you're not in control. You can only control what you can do. And if you can't even do what you're supposed to do because there aren't people there to answer the phones or the website doesn't work, or there's not there's not correct guidance on even how to fill out some of these forms, then why, can, why pressure yourself? Because you can't invent things to work. Just like an ER doctor, if you don't get the money for these people, And it's not even your responsibility to do it. All you can do is fill out an application. But if you can't get the money for these people, hey, it's not your business going down, right? Just like the ER doctor. Now, again, you have to don't look at that as such a cold statement. But as an empath and highly sensitive person, we tend to have this terrible habit of always taking on other people's problems. And what I found is the more you take on other people's problems, the more they actually enjoy you taking on their problems and they either A, give you more problems or they feel relief because they figure they've put their problem into your hands and now if you fuck it up, now they're going to get really mad. And so what I explained to, to her is this. Psychologically, just remember, if you don't get the loan for these people or the loan doesn't come through or something gets filled out wrong, that's not your problem. And the way to make it less of your problem is to set the expectations up front. Tell your clients this, and this goes for anything in life. I'm just using this as an anecdote. Look, the government system's fucked. They're rolling this thing out and they don't even know what the hell they're doing. I mean, look who the president is. So don't be surprised if this thing doesn't go through. I'll do my best. And there's such a backlog of people and an influx of people that want this stuff done. Well, just understand that I may not be able to get this through for you for three more days. Also know there's a limited amount of money apparently. So if you're in a rush and you're concerned, I may not be able to get this in on time, then maybe you guys should do it yourself. And once you, and you know what? Also put that in writing. And once you get these expectations tempered and you set them at the beginning, if shit doesn't work out, nobody can really say anything. All it can really, if they do get mad, you can just point to the email or whatever's in writing and say, well, look, I told you. And don't blame me. I'm not the one in charge of this thing. So I did the best I could do. I filled it in with the information you gave me and we crossed our fingers and it didn't work out. Um, And so I started doing that myself in my own law practice. And, you know, people couldn't really ever get mad at you because at the end of the day, they knew what they were getting into. But when you start taking on people's problems to the extent that you're acting as though you're the one that caused the problem in the first place. So now you are therefore completely responsible for fixing it. You're just going to set yourself up for a whole pile of problems. And I say this from having been through the fire so many times in my own legal practice as a bankruptcy attorney. You know, the clients would come to me with very difficult problems and and this is my own doing. I'd feel so responsible for having to fix their lives or fix their financial situations, even though they already had this problem by the time they came to me. And it took me years and I'm still working on it on a daily basis, actually, because sometimes When I'm caught off guard, I find myself getting really involved with people's problems, their financial problems. But this also extends to outside of a legal practice, because I've also found just in general, people have this habit where, especially as an empath, which you may notice this, people will come up to you, and they'll tell you about a problem they have, and they'll really just narrate their problem. And at the end of their little narration of their problem, they'll just look at you. And they'll just stare at you as though, even though they haven't asked you a question or even asked you for help, they'll just stare at you expecting you to now somehow take over their problem and provide advice or assume complete responsibility for what's going on in their life. And it's such a ridiculous thing that now I'm so in tune with it, I kind of get frustrated when people just tell me something and then stare at me blankly, expecting me to, me to have some sort of dialogue. Uh, available for them. So now when people tell me a problem and they just look at me with this expectancy that I'm supposed to now take over their problem, I just look right back at them and I don't say anything. And I just say, okay, Uh, because I don't want to fall down that trap of being the empath that's always taking over or taking on other people's problems. So that is today's lesson. And it's a simple one, but it's really easy to get caught up in other people's problems. You have to really separate or bifurcate somebody's problem from the fact that you're just trying to help them. And that's why it's really important not to get too emotionally involved with people. In fact, interestingly enough, just as I'm recording this podcast, my CPA friend just called me again saying she can't handle it again because now the business owners are calling her desperate again saying how their business is on the verge of failing. They're going to have to close shop. Not that they're really open anyway, but um, they're going to have to close up because the, they're so desperately in need of this money. Can we get it for them? Et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, well, I hope you implement what I'm saying because this is just going to get worse and worse as time goes on. Because you know, you're know, you not the, respo- the one that's responsible for where their business is. You're not the one responsible for the problem. You didn't cause this coronavirus to shut down the city and lock everybody at home. Uh, So don't act like it, okay? So that's my lesson for you today. Make sure to not make other people's problems your problem. There's a difference between giving advice, helping people and doing the little bit you can and actually engulfing yourself with the stress, the anxiety, the torture of other people's problems. because. A, you can't fix everybody's problems, and B, people end up blaming you for a problem that wasn't yours in the first place. Thank you for listening to our latest episode of Everglow. Check us out online at neilbartia.com, N-E-I-L-B-H-A-R-T-I-A.com, for more blog articles and latest episodes. Leave any comments and likes below, and we're happy to answer. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.